Welcome everybody to Ace Field Retro. We're here finally reviewing two nights of the most stupendous WrestleMania of all time. And I am joined by Nick the Comic Nerd. How's it going, man? Not bad, man. I'm very excited to go over this. It was a uh, it was a pleasant weekend for WWE, I would say. Absolutely. And we'll go line by line. And you know how we do here. We are very in-depth with our discussion about what goes on uh, in the events we review. And it's very rare that we take the time to review WWE events, but we have done day one. We've done Elimination Chamber. We've done the Rumble. So, of course, we have to sit here and do the, the biggest WrestleMania, uh, allegedly, of all time. So, like you said, it was shockingly good, shockingly yeah. entertaining. And I know if you guys watch the show, you're probably not used to us saying good things about WWE. Nick is more of a WWE guy than myself, but... Uh, we are going to get into the weeds here and talk about a lot of good, some bad, some really ugly. Uh, two nights of WrestleMania, 10 hours if you're counting uh, you know, the segments and the video packages. So it was a lot of wrestle wrestling to uh, consume. I was able to watch it live with Nick on Saturday. That was a lot of fun. We had some pizza, some beer, uh, yeah. which was I, – honestly, I felt like that was the better night. So we'll have that discussion yeah. throughout um, – all this as you guys see the the scroll we we're going to be switching the scroll as we go this is the first night of wrestlemania that we're going to be reviewing so nick what was your what was your i guess thoughts going into the event and how did you feel like did you have no expectations did you feel like it was going to be good i it's something where like when these events come up i'm always very hopeful and i always want them to be good and i think that gives wwe like some leverage with me um, I was hoping for a better opener. I'll say that much and for a better ending to everything, but all in all, I was satisfied. All right. So let's move right into the opener. We're going to skip the pre-show because again, there's so much on the card to talk about. Let's stick to the stuff on the main show. Uh, so after they opened with Brindley Gilbert doing the national anthem and had Mark Wahlberg in a, um, a video package, I think he was in both nights. We had the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders come out performing the Thunderstruck. And then Michael Cole and Pat McAfee welcomed us to WrestleMania. And we opened up with the SmackDown Tag Team Championships with the Usos defeating Shinsuke Nakamura uh, and Rick Boogs. I thought you said you were hoping for a better opening match. I thought this was a good match. Unfortunately, it had to be cut short uh, uh, due to Rick Boogs' injury, which we did not know the extent of until later in the night. Yeah, which wound up being really, really serious. Looks like he's going to be out for four months or maybe even more, four to 12 months. I don't know what the initial diagnosis was. But I know it was like an ACL or a quad injury, so not great for Rick Boogs. Yeah. Um, it, in the matches leading up to this, he had a knee brace on. Like even when he beat uh, – I don't know if he beat Jimmy or Jay Uso, but he had a brace on and then he took it off like it wasn't serious. And then I guess the way he got thrown out of the ring – at mania he like tweaked it or something bad enough that you know something had to pop so yeah it so, looks like he was finally getting some momentum behind him the crowd yeah. really responded to him the crowd was super into the entrance uh matching tights for shinsuke and rick boogs but like we mentioned this match never really got going because of the injury uh, i wonder if boogs was going to be the one taking the pin if he didn't get injured uh but nakamura was the guy getting pinned by the usos and i had said in my predictions when i was on the raw down talking about uh, this match specifically, I thought this would be a precursor to what was going to happen in the main event. I thought if the Usos retained, it was a good omen for Roman Reigns and people that wanted Roman to win because uh, I think they wanted to keep all the titles on the bloodline. And 
they did that. I mean, there was a chance Nakamura and, and Boogs could have walked away with the win here, but I think they made the right decision with uh, the Usos walking away as still as champs. Yeah, it's funny because, like, the Usos, they just perform so well in the ring together. And these upcoming random pairings of, you know, Boogs and Nakamura just, like, never truly made sense. It only made sense because Boogs would play the guitar to Nakamura's entrance. So it's like you have some chemistry against some of the best chemistry in tag team wrestling against the Usos. And I just think I think it was the right call putting the Usos over as well. Um, and it was a great finish here the way it ended. Yeah, so going into the finish here, we had Nakamura hit a sliding German suplex on Jay and set up the, the Kinshasa, but Jay hit a super kick. Jimmy Uso followed up with a splash for a near fall, uh, which the crowd thought was uh, going to be the end of the match. Yeah. Nakamura fought back, but Jay grabbed his hair, which allowed Jimmy to hit the super kick, and then the Usos hit the 1D for the win. Uh, so they, they kept Shinsuke and Rick Boogs looking kind of strong, but my question here going out of this match is, where do they go with Shinsuke from here now that Boogs is out for a long period of time? Shinsuke and Boogs were tr- starting to get their rhythm together. I know they were a thrown together team, but they seemed to be gelling and it was, they were getting consistent TV time. So we'll see after the match, the doctors checked on Boogs at ringside. It definitely, you knew from the beginning it was a serious injury because Boogs was immediately eliminated from the match. Uh, and Cole noted that Boogs would require surgery for his injury right after the match. So uh, it's unfortunate. It sucks, but um, I guess we just have to wait until he comes back. Yeah, um, like I said, I liked the finish. Um, the Nakamura thing, it's hard. You know, I think he's going to be better off going solo from here on out instead of finding a new tag team partner. Agreed. I mean, the guy's super talented, you know, could be world champion, won the world Royal Rumble in WWE, and every, if you know what he's done in New Japan, he can be a main event guy if you want him to be. I know they're going to have to build up different guys uh, to get ready for Roman Reigns, and I know people have Bobby Lashley slotted in that position and potentially Cody Rhodes. But, you know, Shinsuke at any given time could be a formidable opponent for anybody. And yeah. I think Shinsuke would be a good opponent if you build him up appropriately. Uh, but I think he's found his his place on SmackDown in this mid-card type of intercontinental. And it's unfortunate because I think he could be much more than that. But I think Vince and Creative, has a very they have a very uh, specific place for him on the card. And I think where he is right now is probably where he's going to be. Yeah. All right, so after this, they showed a lengthy video package looking at Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville, which would be happening on the night after. Uh, but moving on to Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin. And, you know, if you guys have been listening to us for a while here, I just think Drew McIntyre deserves so much better than this. Uh, Happy Corbin, uh, Madcap Moss, he's been kind of going through the ringer with these guys. This feud has been going on for quite some time now. At this point, uh Drew McIntyre, I would assume, is done with them. I would assume this is it. Um, he got the win as expected. The, the match only won about eight minutes and 38 seconds. The one thing I do want to note is he is the one and only person to ever kick out of the end of days. So this is the first time that this finisher has been protected since his days in NXT. Drew McIntyre kicked out of it. Wonder what the idea was. Maybe they didn't even realize it was, it's never been kicked out of him. I'm sure Baron Corbin realized. Yeah. Uh, but this is honestly, I mean, Cole did note it, so I'm sure it was something they wanted to give to Drew. Uh, again, it was weird because no one had kicked out of that at this point because Corbin has been a mid-card wrestler. He's it's surprising that even Roman Reigns never kicked out of it because I know he had that feud with Roman about two years ago. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This match was just there for me. Um, I, I guess it would be okay if it wasn't Drew McIntyre. It just upsets me because I guess where he was two years ago, even last year, 
uh, wrestling Lashley for the title at WrestleMania. I just felt like he deserves so much more. And, you know, we're sitting here now. What's next for Drew McIntyre? He We thought he'd be out for a long period of time with that neck and back injury. They almost wasted WrestleMania on him here. Uh, he's another guy that probably could be a challenger for Roman, but I think you need to build him up a little bit now from here because he's been he's been toiling with these mid-carders for so long. I feel like people are going to start to feel like he's he belongs there, and I don't think that's fair. No, I agree. I think him kicking out of end of days is the false sign that he shouldn't be where he is. Like, this should not have been his mania matchup, you know, at all. I want to say my honest early prediction is Brock will beat Roman for one of the belts at Backlash, and then Drew will get a belt off of uh, Brock Lesnar. That's what I want to say, too. Well, I mean, I guess that'd be fantasy booking, but they had said they unified the belt, so I don't know if they're going to separate them. We may just get a new belt altogether, and it's only one. I mean, they may decide to do it because it is a it is a, a very ballsy move for them to have one belt because that means the person has to be on both shows. Yeah. Um, but we shall see. I mean, I think for right now they're going to have one belt, and they may just – I'm not sure if they're going to go with the Universal Championship or the WWE Championship or call it the Undisputed WWE Universal Championship, something like that. Yeah, so uh, But I think I think McIntyre will be involved in the main event in some capacity, and deservedly so. I think he's yes. one of the better guys on the roster. Uh, after the match, McIntyre celebrated with the sword. This spot was awful. McIntyre uh, cut the top rope with the sword. Uh, the ropes fell down to with Pyro. But if you look at the slow-mo thing, which they showed a million times, the sword was plastic, so it, like, bent. It looked horrendous. Like, I don't understand. So, whatever. Uh, they did what they did. Hopefully, Drew McIntyre can just move on from here. Yeah. So, moving on to the next match, we have The Miz and Logan Paul defeating Ray and Dominic Mysterio. Uh, this was a hard match to predict. Um, I picked Logan Paul and The Miz to win. I'm not sure where you were in the predictions with this yep, match. Same. So my reasoning was that I don't think they were going to bring a celebrity in uh, and have him lose. I know that Logan Paul was more than a celebrity. They have him signed on for multiple matches. So, and let me be honest, he was shockingly good. This was a really good tag match. I thought, I thought Logan Paul was really, really good. Uh, He played a great heel. The fans hated him. Uh, He was playing to the crowd. He's a natural heel. Both the Paul brothers are just natural heels. Um, and to the point after the match where we saw Miz turn on him, he was hated so much that people were cheering the Miz when he turned on him, which is the opposite reaction you want. The dude's just a natural heel. Yeah. Logan Paul, hot take, was the best performing wrestler in this match. I mean, I really can't argue with you. He hit some spots. I mean, he had a leapfrog. He was – you could see – that I mean, maybe it was motivation by Bad Bunny last year by being a celebrity wrestler, even Pat McAfee. Yeah, these guys are not your typical celebrity wrestlers that come in here. And Logan Paul was ready for the match, he looked like he belonged in there, he looked like a million dollars. He had that PSA Pokemon Charizard around his neck, which was allegedly worth six million dollars. Is that yeah. true, Nick? Uh, 10 slotted holographic Pokemons are tens. Yeah, he had uh, the card he had was Japanese of some kind. I'd never seen it before, but it was cool, and yeah, I thought I thought it was wild that he had the balls to walk out there with it and put it out <laughs> he there. Bought for it for, he, he bought it for $600,000 or something like that, or is yeah, that? Yeah, dude, they're so expensive. When you get them graded like that at a perfect 10 in a holograph, it's insane with how old they are and the way they grade them. It's it's crazy. It's, it's like grading a comic book. It's insane. 
Yeah, so what's that process like for grading a card? Not that we want to get too too far in the weeds here, but yeah, if you so want to grade know, that like, Pokemon card. I know with like Pokemon cards, like they look at like the corners to make sure there's no fold. They look at the pictures to make sure there's no like shift in it at all. And then the most important thing is they look at the back of the card. And sometimes the Pokeball is like off center, up, down, left, or right. And they're like harsh on it. Like people will open up old packs and be like, shit, the Pokeball isn't centered. Like this like $500 card is worth like $2 now. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty sick. So either way, guys, Logan Paul walked out with this on here. Um, I was not into this feud at all. I thought it was sort of whatever. I mean, if you're going to use whatever, the Mysterious, I did like the nod that they had for Eddie here. Dominic was dressed yeah. as Eddie in his old uh, American whatever gear. Uh, they did a lot of uh, Eddie-inspired spots. I know that Logan did the Three Amigos. Yeah. I know that Dominic did some of the Eddie spots. Uh, but – I think Paul and Miz hit the it kicks on Dominic in the middle of the match. And then Paul hit a blockbuster on Dominic for another near fall. The fans are rallying behind Dominic shockingly because I know he doesn't really inspire most fans to cheer. Uh, Dominic fought back with a tornado DDT on Miz and kicked Paul in the face. And then Ray got the hot tag and caught Miz with a fly in Hurricane Rana. Uh, they continued going back and forth. Um, so at the end here, Dominic made uh, made a save, and the faces were in the ring together. They hit a double 619 on, on Logan Paul, and Miz made the blind tag. Dominic hit the frog splash on Logan, and Ray hit a second frog splash, and then Miz jumped in and slammed Dominic onto Ray, and then he hit a skull-crushing finale on Ray for the win, which got a lot of heat from the fans. The Miz and Paul celebrated after the match when Miz turned on Paul, um, so he gave him the skull-crushing finale. Uh, great acting here by Miz. like His facial expressions are on point. Yeah. You could tell that Miz like really works on that stuff. He is a bona fide actor, and you know I'm not a huge fan of the Miz, but give him credit where it's due. I think he's good in this role, and if you want to like pair a celebrity in any wrestling ring, I think the Miz is the guy to work with. Yeah, um, for sure, especially because he does so much celebrity work on the side as it is doing TV shows and stuff. And you just look at him like when you line up all the wrestlers, if you were like, which one of these guys is more of like a movie star? Like you'd point out the Miz in a second compared to the rest of these guys, you know. He's just that pretty face, short hair, just ridiculous dude. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited to see because I think him and Logan Paul will fight at Backlash. I think Logan Paul is going to get another pay-per-view event. They said he's on for a few matches. Like when I was listening to Wrestling Observer, they were saying that he's it's not a one-off. He's going to be here. So people get used to it. I was impressed with him. I'm not, I yeah. don't think he'd be a bad addition to the roster. I don't think so either. I'm looking forward to it. The other thing is, too, I think this is Miz's new slot on WrestleMania. He re he was involved with Bad Bunny in a tag match last year, and now he's yeah. involved with Logan Paul. Uh, so they might have found his role here where he is the bridge between wrestling or pro sports entertainment or whatever you want to call it and Hollywood, bringing yeah. guys in. Uh, and there was a lot of a lot of this sort of sprinkled on the card. We, we mentioned McAfee on night two, uh, but also we have the introduction of Gable Stevenson uh next so stephanie came out to a good reaction she thanked the fans and introduced gable stevenson who was sitting ringside so we saw gable stevenson get involved in night two um he looked great and i think yeah. the future is super bright for him i know people were thinking he would be i know he was drafted the raw a few months ago so he's been on everybody's radar they've been really hyping up that you know his ncaa credentials the fact he's one of the best heavyweight amateur wrestlers of all time uh, they have him slotted to be the next big superstar. I don't want to call it next big thing because that's Lesnar's thing, but I think Gable Stevenson is going to be a huge star. Um, 
We'll get into what he did physically in the ring, but there was a lot surrounding both nights of WrestleMania showcasing him. And I think we're going to look back at this WrestleMania showing him similar to when they introduced Rousey and had her get physically involved at WrestleMania 31 before she would even sign and had her, or was it 30? I think it was 31 where she came in the ring and she, uh, yeah, she did her thing and it, it just was a, an intro, a nice little appetizer for getting them involved yeah. uh, in pro wrestling. And I think Gable Stevenson is like, I, I think he's going to be great. I think he's going to get it really fast, similar to Lesnar, similar to Angle. Uh, I think we will be looking at this as like the first chapter of his story here in WWE. I think he's a future champion. Yeah, I think so too. I think it was a nice little tasting we got to see and all he did was throw a few belly to bellies and I was like, oh, the guy is strong. He's wicked strong and... He's ready to work. You know, he looks excited and he looks confident in there. So it's good to see. Yeah. So we'll talk more about that when we get to night two. But moving on to the next match here, we had what I would say is probably the second match, the second to best match of the night. We had Bianca Belair defeating Becky Lynch to win the Royal Women's Championship. Um, I think this is, I mean, you can't get a better match than this. It just went under 20 minutes, 19 minutes and, and seven seconds to be exact. The fans were into it from start to finish. Both of, the, both of the ladies here played their role really well. Becky was the consummate heel. Bianca was the underdog babyface. They went back and forth. Lynch had a brand new look. I think she utilized, the, I mean, the hair. She reminded me of Kill Bill a little bit. Yeah. Um, but both, both of them had special ring introductions. They felt like big deals. Bianca got a huge pop during her, uh, during her entrance. Becky got a little bit of cheers, but as the match went on, people decided to boo her. And that just is just shows how great a heel she is. Um, yeah. The fans really from the jump, similar to, you know, uh, big matches were reacting prior to them even locking up. So you could tell it was going to be a big match. Um, going through some of the highlights here. Uh, so Becky took over uh, after sending Belair into the ring step. She was firmly in control and hit a series of suplexes. Lynch then drove Belair throat first into the middle rope. Bianca fought back, but Lynch hit a super kick. Lynch followed up with a leg drop off the corner onto Belair, draped over the top rope. Uh, so, again, these these ladies were going after it. This match was absolutely awesome. There was a spot, too, where Bianca uh, got kneed in the face. And if you saw some of the pictures after, her eye was, like, swollen shut at some point. Yeah, that was when Becky went off the top rope, right, and kicked her or something? Yeah, so she landed so awkwardly. I think Becky actually said my bad to her um, when she was there. Uh, but, yeah, so the Be Belair hit a 450 splash for a very close uh, two count. Moving on to the end, uh, we had Becky almost winning by count up, but Belair fought to beat the count. The fans popped big for Belair getting back into the ring. The fans broke into a loud, this is awesome chant. And then Bianca could barely get to her feet. Lynch went for the manhandle slam off the middle rope. And Bianca avoided it with a backflip, and then she hit the KOD sit down to win for the with the massive pop. Absolutely awesome match. Uh, I, honestly, wouldn't have, couldn't have done it better. I hated how they got there. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of how they booked Becky uh, and Bianca at SummerSlam. Her beating her in just seconds. Does this fix it for me? I'm not sure, but it surely was a step in the right direction. I felt like Bianca felt like a star, felt like the the baton was tossed again. Now it's up for them to take the momentum here and don't ruin it again. Let yeah. her just be, mature into the star, star that she can be because I think she is absolutely the class of the women's division here. Yeah. I don't remember how Becky came out. I remember Bianca came out to the marching band. 
super cool, really well done. Um, overall, I think it was a brutal match between the two of them. Like it was just, you know, fighting nonstop. Becky, I'm kind of losing interest in like the whole, the, she's got the perfect heel face. You know, she's kind of got that uh, RBF face and it, I guess it's what she needs as a heel, but the whole thing coming out is like Kill Bill mixed with uh, who is the singer I said she looked like? Uh, David uh, Bowie. David <laughs> Bowie. Like, you know, the getup was just a little odd, but I feel like in the ring, Becky just isn't at her full potential right now in general. Like, I feel like maybe she's still like, you know, coming in like after the, you know, the baby and everything. And now it's like, she's just not physically where she was. I don't know. Cause I look at her and I was like, Oh, you used to come out. You were a little bit stronger. You were a little bit like thicker in a way. And now I'm looking at her and I'm like, ah, you look like you're underperforming and that you can't do what you once did. And maybe she's just not there again yet. And that's totally fine. I get it. So I think this was the right call. Excuse me. Giving Bianca the belt, having her go over. And I'm excited to see who she fights next because I think you're going to see Bianca fight like every single week. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I mean, just to go back to Becky's entrance, she did like a Marvel entrance where they have like all like the chapters. Yeah, that's right. Through, I forgot. You guys really called cool. it and I missed it. <laughs> Yeah, that was really awesome. So overall, great match. It definitely was my second. It would have been match of the night if this next match didn't happen. So the next match was that mystery match, and everyone called it. It was Cody Rhodes defeating Seth freaking Rollins. Uh, this match was everything advertised and more. Um, there was a, a shimmer of doubt that Cody wasn't showing up because they're WWE, and some things happen where it could have been Shane. It could have been maybe Gable Stevenson, maybe Taker, because people were saying that it was going to be Taker because he said, don't never say never. Yeah. It wound up being Cody. And it was, it was surreal. Like, I, I got to be honest with you. Um, this match was awesome. The fans went crazy for everything they did. They absolutely popped for everything Cody did. Uh, I think, I mean, if this was a one off, it's not. Obviously, as we saw in Raw, he signed a multi year deal he came across like a major, major superstar. This is going to be a WrestleMania moment that people remember forever. And it goes down for me as one of the best WrestleMania matches of all time. I truly believe that. And I, oh, wow. you know, as time settles in for a little bit, this match <clears> went <throat> uh, over 20 minutes and it never really slowed down. I felt like it was absolutely perfect. Uh, some great spots in this. Um, a great spot was when Rollins was working over Rhodes, uh, Rhodes ribs and he shouted at, at Cody, welcome to the big leagues. And then yeah. th that was funny. Uh, the fans were completely behind Cody. Uh, we saw Rollins go for the pedigree and then Rhodes escaped Rhodes set up for the pedigree himself and the fans popped. So they were definitely taking a nod of his shots at triple H. Uh, Cody hit a power bomb and then the Cody cutter for a very close two count. And then Cody didn't know what to do next. And then Rollins took advantage and hit the pedigree for another close near fall. Can you imagine Cody would have lost to the pedigree? So they traded rights in the middle of the ring. The fans cheered Cody and booed Rollins. Rollins yelled that this is his company. He had a forearm to the back of the head. Then Rhodes recovered and hit two crossroads. He went for the third and let Rollins go. And then he paid tribute to his dad. He did the flip flop and fly, dropped the elbow, the, the bionic elbow on the head, and then hit a third crossroads for the win. An awesome finish. The one thing, if I could critique it, I know I said I love this match, was from the beginning you made his finisher look super weak. He had to hit three of them to beat you. I love that he's leaning into the dusty stuff. For so long he shied away from the legacy and didn't want to be tied into his dad. It seems like he's really in this run going to be tying into and paying homage to his father who 
was an absolute legend. Uh, you and I should go back and do some watch-alongs with Dusty Rhodes, Nick. I think you'd really enjoy that. Uh, but, yeah, great match here. This goes down as one of my favorite memories in WrestleMania history, and it made me feel like a kid again. And it was surreal because, like, you knew it was going to happen, but, like, just seeing the American Nightmare graphic on the screen and the music, the whole AEW package, it wasn't like Dash and Cody Rhodes came out or Stardust or just their version of Cody Rhodes. It was the Cody Rhodes brand that he took. You literally lifted it from Jacksonville and brought it to Stanford, and here it is. It's Cody Rhodes in WWE, and it felt bizarre. It felt yeah surreal, and I – you know, I didn't know how I would feel. I'm happy for him. I think there's a lot of it that is like, he's going to be booed. I don't think he realizes it yet, but he's going to be booed. I think people are going to get sick of his, his, uh, his shtick really quickly. Uh, but I think they, if they book him strongly, this will be a good sign. And it may be strategic by Vince and, and the crew there, because if you book him strongly, then you got guys like MJF thinking like, hmm, if I come over or Wardlow or anybody else, like maybe they can convince Punk to come back. Like, you know what I mean? Like this is just kind of a momentum-based thing where no one disrespected WWE more, maybe Punk did, than Cody Rhodes. He went on podcasts. Yeah. He he bashed him anywhere he could go. And they're treating him like a superstar. I don't know. What were your feelings on this? It, w- it was definitely surreal seeing him there. It was almost like – um. It was almost like like walking into like the family Thanksgiving after like you were in a big fight with like your brother, you know, like very odd feeling. And it was very weird seeing him there. Like I wanted to like jump and cheer, but at the same time I was like, ah, you're a traitor. But at the same time I was like, you know what? Good for you. I get it. It was very back and forth. Um, You know, I think for me, it was like the feelings of him being there were bigger than the match. Although the match I thought was very good. Um, I thought it was missing a lot of things, but I thought it was very good. Um, but yeah, very, <laughs> it's still weird to think about. Like, like I, it's going to be weird to see him come out on raw. Like, you know, I'm not exactly ready for that. I think so. Um, but happy for him. Good for him. I mean, you know, I hope he thrives in WWE a little bit and then, you know, we'll see what comes next. Yeah. I think how, I think people are watching how he's booked in WWE very closely, uh, fans and talent alike, because, like I said, no one really disrespected the brand more than he did. Yeah. And if he's treated nicely, like other people could come back. And I think the door is open. But we will see. I mean, I'll see it when I believe it, when he's booked strongly. Like they did the first night right. Tonight was done pretty right. They had him come out with a huge superstar entrance on Raw. But we'll see. I mean, it seems like he's already tossed into the fray for the world championship. And if he's the guy who beats Roman, I mean, damn, that's a huge, huge uh, feather in his cap. And I yeah. think that's what he wants. I said a long time ago that I thought the reason why he was leaving, he's chasing his father's ghost. I think he wants to achieve what his dad couldn't do in WWE. And I think I was right. I mean, I really believe that I was right. We'll find out. So moving on here to the SmackDown Women's Championship match between Charlotte and Ronda Rousey. This match, these ladies usually have a lot of chemistry. They did not have it on this night. I thought this match was really ugly. Um, critics have said this match was pretty good. I thought it was not. I think everyone agreed that the finish felt a bit weak. Um, I did not like that Charlotte got the win here. Match went about 18 uh, minutes and 20 seconds. Uh, the end, I mean, there was two false finishes. Rousey got Charlotte the tap, and then she had Piper's pit and pinned her. 
uh, both when the ref was down. So, and then the finish, she lost to a big boot. Like, she lost to a big boot. So, why bring Rousey back just to have her lose at WrestleMania was weird to me. So, this is the match I think I'm going to talk the most on. My big thing was, these are two female wrestlers that I like a lot. You guys know I love Ronda. I'm a big fan of Charlotte at the same time. Um, I think they made the right call here because before we get to why I think they finished with the big boot, I'll say that I think that Ronda has been fumbling and that I think she came back thinking she's hot shit and that they're going to make her a champion. And I think the fumbling on the mic, I think the not so great quality matches against like Sonya Deville she had, I think there's a lot of things and I think Vince made the change like kind of last minute, to be honest, and said, you know what, Charlotte, you're going to go over tonight. And I think it was the right call because you make Ronda champion and you what have her go in there and just put everybody in the arm bar in a couple of minutes. Like I think the length of the match was great because you've never seen Ronda in a long match like that in WWE. And I think they used the big boot to that side of her face because I want to say like Ronda's last match in UFC, she got kicked in the right side uh, in the left side of her face is when she got like punched out and everything and just didn't do well. And I think it was kind of a slap in the face to her and maybe she doesn't even realize that. So I think Charlotte was the right one. She proved that she is the best in ring performer in WWE in the female division by a mile. You know, we've talked about Britt Baker on AEW and how nobody is there. I don't know that many people are close to Charlotte right now. So being that I really thought Ronda was going to win and that I really like Ronda and I really wanted her to win, Charlotte winning at the end of it, it took me a minute, but I was like, this was the ju- this was a better judgment call. And, you know, I agree 100% with what they did. Do you think there's like buyer's regret on Vince's part? Like they paid too much money for bringing Ronda back? Like do you think they would put the wand out there and say so. her? I don't think so. I think they're just going to make her work for this. They're going to like, you know, I would – Cause like looking at her, like you want to talk on the microphone and you kind of like disrespect the brand name. Cause you're like, why do we even have to call it that? Like, that was stupid. You know? And to me, I'd be like, you know what? You're not winning at mania now. Like I, Rhonda, I would bet is, was booked to beat Charlotte and you know, the way it came out. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's a money thing. I think it's just like, Oh, like now you have to wrestle instead of just sit there and try and talk because you don't talk well on the microphone. So I think you're going to see Rhonda get more matches on SmackDown than, I mean, she's only wrestled like once or twice on SmackDown now as is, but I think you're going to see her wrestle almost weekly at this point. Yeah, I think they have to be disappointed in this run from her. I think they were expecting a bigger impact on her end, and it could be right. I mean, similar to WrestleMania 34 where, you know, we think we know, we don't know, whatever, but rumor has it Roman Reigns is supposed to go over on Lesnar uh, in New Orleans, and they made the decision like right before they went out there to have Reigns win, I mean, uh, Lesnar to go out there and win. So, who knows? Like, you're, you're probably right. I mean, I'm sure the whole card probably changed a million times yeah. uh, throughout here. But I just didn't like how it went. It was so messy for the yeah. build-up. It was messy. You had two false finishes. It was built. It was, it was booked like a match that was on SmackDown building towards a bigger match. And, like, WrestleMania should be the finale. Right. And I know they treat it because it's 24-7 and never stops. They have an event next month. It's WrestleMania Backlash and Braun SmackDown. It's the train keeps moving. But I used to love it when WrestleMania was a conclusion. You just bookmark it, and then the new the series premiere would be the next night on Raw. And you put the finishes, touches of all those all those stories. I just don't know if I like WrestleMania being a catalyst for continuing stories. And agreed. I don't know if that's 
I don't know if that's something that they do purposely or they just don't even realize, but this, the way this was booked, it was like, what was the finale of this story? Like we didn't get, we're going to get this match again, obviously, because Ronda, Ronda got the win and she deserves a rematch. If you look at it in kayfabe, she deserves a win and deserves a a rematch to Charlotte with the title. And she deserves, she's probably going to get the title at backlash. And I, and I really think too, if you look at it, they they book Charlotte very strategically because they know in the in the annals of time, it doesn't matter. And Triple H was booked like this too, where people look at WrestleMania win-loss record and they look at WrestleMania moments. Charlotte has lost a lot. People say she never loses. She loses a lot. She doesn't lose at WrestleMania really because they know when going back, they're going to show highlights of Charlotte winning at WrestleMania. When she beat Asuka, you know, she also beat Rhea Ripley, pretty sure she'd be Rhea Ripley. I'm going to fact check that in a sec, but she goes out there and they want to make sure that I guess when they show the highlight of her eventual hall of fame career, that they can be like, this is her on the biggest stage. And she may lose to Ronda next month at, at backlash, but she still got the win at WrestleMania where it counted. Yeah, true. All right. Uh, moving on here to the final and the main event of the show, which I, dude, I have, opinions on this i have a very very strong opinions on this yeah we had what was perceived to be the ko show with stone cold steve austin we thought we were gonna get a talk show there were rumor and innuendo that we would get a match Uh, we did get a match uh as you guys all know at this point uh this was wild to me so Let's get right to the match. I mean, they do the whole KO show and then they challenge each other. To, the Kevin Owens challenges them to a match. Uh, and we get a bell ring. I know that this was kind of conjecture with everybody. Like, are we actually going to see Stone Cold wrestle? Is he coming out in tights? Is he coming out? Wh- what is it going to look like? We got an official referee. We got Stone Cold in action in a match that went. 13 minutes and 55 seconds longer than some other matches on the card. Um, I guess give me your ideas first. Cause I have, I have strong opinions on this. Yeah. I'm, I'm posting some pictures here. We got Austin in action. And I guess this is the picture that's going to live forever. Yeah. Um, my first opinion was when KO was coming out, I literally looked around the room and I was like, why is he in fight gear? I know he typically comes out in his fighting attire to do the KO show, but there are times he comes out in just pants or just like a jacket of some kind. And then when Stone Cold came out in his knee braces and the jean shorts, I was like, all right, like I thought they'd fight in the ring and they'd kick the crap out of each other but I didn't think it would be an official match and I didn't want it to be an official match. I didn't know why yet. I'll explain that afterwards. But from the get-go, I was like, all right, they're going to fight and that's cool. But as soon as Stone Cold did the like, if you guys want to see me fight Kevin Owens, give me a hell yeah. And then he kept doing it. And then like, he barely could say it on like the third or fourth one. I was like, this is not what I wanted to see, but let's see how he does. Yeah. So, and we did see how he would do. I mean, he had trouble moving on the moving around the ring for a bit there with the the knee braces. Yeah. And he's older. I mean, we see some of these older wrestlers on different shows, most of the Saudi shows. I mean, WrestleMania has been littered, and night two we'll get into it. Older wrestlers in the ring, and 
I just thought for me, I hold the way Austin's career ended in such high esteem at WrestleMania 19, losing to the rock. And I know we didn't know it was going to be his last match. They didn't have the pomp and circumstance of booking it as his last match because we didn't know it eventually wound up being his last match. And I like that storybook ending. And despite him losing, it was a, it was a great match. And it was 19 years ago. He was the one holdout from all these Saudi Arabia paydays. And he finally gave in. That's how it felt. And, you know, I know it was probably a lot for him to sit and watch Goldberg make buckets of money, Triple H make buckets of money, Taker, same thing with him, where he felt like he was in better shape than all of them. So why not him? And why not him was because he held his career in such high high esteem that he didn't want to, I guess, jip the fans of what they used to have with him. And people were happy with this because of the nostalgia and like, I wouldn't say Austin embarrassed himself. I don't think he did. No. But yeah. for me, I think Austin held, you know, I hold him in such high esteem because not only is a brawler, but he always used to have these great matches. And Kevin Owens did his, his damnedest to bump all over the ring for him. Um, I thought they were both good in their roles for what they were trying to do. I mean, there was a spot where Austin took a suplex on the concrete. Yeah. Um, it's provided a good moment, but there's no reason they needed to, have an official match they could have did exactly what they did in 13 minutes 55 seconds without a referee involved you could have yeah. just had them fight all over the arena and winds up stunning owens roll him out of the ring and then you drink the beer and that's it like you could still do both like you could have the exact i would do it exactly the same way without having a referee and that might be nitpicking that might be me being selfish as a fan and how i want to remember stone cold and all of that because Despite people saying it doesn't affect it, I can't get the image of my of Shawn Michaels out of my head when he was in that match with Taker and Kane and Triple H in Saudi Arabia, where he's bald and not being able to move around. That that match was embarrassing, or even like the Goldberg versus Taker match that they had in Saudi Arabia. I know a lot of these matches happen in Saudi Arabia, just embarrassing. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think this match was there, but I'm afraid like they did this already, and like. It, I guess the door is open. They can probably think about doing something else because <clears throat> they know how well it got over and people were unanimously help, happy. I don't think I saw one person say anything bad about this. So I almost felt like guilty for thinking that, I don't know that it, I wasn't a huge fan of it. I like, I, I liked the moment. I liked that he stunned Owens. I liked that they got into a physical conflict because it had its place I just don't like the fact that it was a match. And like, this is Austin's last match. He's in jeans. He's in a shirt. It just didn't fit. He felt older and I don't want to remember Austin that way. Right. No, I agree. Yeah. It's hard to think of it like that. Um, it's just unfortunately what we have to live with. And it's just unfortunately what WWE does. I mean, like that right there is a great picture. Um, you know, my other big thing was like, how many times did he do it in the ring that night? Like it was crazy. It was fun. That's the thing. Like he had fun at the end of it. And I think that's what we have to take from it. You know, he looked like he had a good time out there and it was nice to see him out there again. I thought his entrance was so good. Um, you know, even his outro was great. Uh, I think it was a good way to end night one. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I was, I see it both ways. You know, overall, I felt like it took him a while to get going. He was almost like stumbling around the ring. Um, he looked like he could barely walk. And then, you know, when they finally started getting moving is when he started moving a little bit better. And I thought that definitely helped him. So, um, 
cool to see. It's one of those things where it's like if you if you didn't do it and you ended the card with Charlotte and Ronda with Charlotte winning, I would have been okay with that, you know, instead of seeing what we saw. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I would have ended the card the same way with same way, just without the match. Yeah, no, I agree. I hate I hate that the bell rang. Hate it. So Owens grabbed the chair and went to hit Austin, but he moved. The chair hit the ropes and bounced back to the classic rock spot. Austin hit the stunner for the win to a massive pop. Uh, after the match, Owen get, Owen Owens got another stunner, celebrated, uh, and Austin celebrated the win. Byron Saxton got a stunner. Um, yeah, so we got more beer, a million beers in the ring. Um, it was cool seeing him in there with his brother. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, very cool. That's how night one ended. People unanimously were going crazy about how great it was. And to me, it was a great night. I honestly sat there and was like, this was a lot of fun. And yeah. I had a great time watching it. Uh, it was hard to believe that we had another night of wrestling ahead of us. So overall, before we get into night two, I felt like night one was the better show uh, because it was anchored by Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins and then Bianca and Becky Lynch. I thought even the Miz and, and Mysterio match was good too. I thought overall it was just a better flow, flowing show. Uh, but, you know, I know people will disagree with me. I'm not a nostalgia-based wrestling fan. I, I know people want to live in the past. Right. I think it's just very eye-opening that they don't have the ability to have the new stars carrying the weight in the main event of the biggest show of the year. And Austin having to come out of retirement speaks volumes. And yes. eventually you're going to run out of these guys. Like they, like Triple H can't do anything anymore. And we'll talk about the opening of night two. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually you're going to have to work on these, these younger stars and, you know, Roman's there. I mean, Seth is kind of a transcendent star, but who else does WWE have? Like hopefully we talked about Gable Stevenson. Like you have to figure out a way to have these new fresh faces because you can't be relying on Lesnar, Austin, Taker, Triple, like these guys eventually, I mean, night two was a little more egregious as far as older people in the ring. And we'll talk about why, but I mean, they've been milking this attitude error cow dry. Yeah. Uh, they want, they're milking every last drop out of it. Can't blame them, but it's also very eye opening that this is like we're here 19 years later and they still, they still need Austin to uh, right. save their asses. So, yeah. Overall, I honestly, from a quick angle, I, I liked night two better. I thought night one was good. I just thought night two was better. That's just my opinion. Interesting. Let's get right into it. Night two, I'm popping in the results on the bottom. So uh, hop along with us and make sure you guys are following along. Uh, Night two, uh, before we get into the matches, it opened up with Triple H coming out to the ring. And this was a really cool moment. Um, So Triple H coming out to the ring, doing his entrance. Obviously, everyone heard the news. Stephen A. Smith interview where Triple H announced that uh, he he was much worse off than people originally thought. He uh, definitely was fighting for his life. Uh, they caught the heart issue prior to uh, it causing any severe damage, but the doctor allowed him to know that uh, he could not compete anymore. So Triple H came out. Uh, he also informed the crowd. You know, it was a quick promo, and he he actually was the one that, to produce WrestleMania. Um, he had said, and I quote, I just wanted to come out here and say thank you and to show my love in the best way i know how welcome to wrestlemania uh fireworks went off and then triple h did the ceremonial leaving his boots in the ring uh which is symbolism of his career being over 
Uh, he hugged his family before leaving the ring. This was a really cool moment. I think we're going to look yeah. back at this. And like, I think what really is cool about this WrestleMania, it was filled with moments like this, like kind of yes. moments you're going to look back and like, this was, this is a big moment. It was just kind of thrown on the card, but this was a very big moment. This, this image right here speaks. It's so powerful to me. We weren't expecting this dude. Like, I don't think anybody was expecting triple H to come out and open up night two and do what he did, you know? And I texted you and I was like, this is already awesome. And you know, it's an emotional moment, but it's an exceptional moment. You know, I think he accepts it. I think we accept it. And you know, uh, I think there was a lot of homage paid to him all weekend along with stone cold. So cool to see. Yeah. Yeah, his legacy goes deeper than just his in-ring t- in-ring stuff. I mean, we watch NXT, we watch Stan deliver on Saturday uh, afternoon, things like that. I mean, NXT was built from the ground up with him. Uh, so a lot of the guys that are on the roster now had a heavily heavy influence, whether as a fan or they were recruited by Triple H. And overall, I'm just glad that he's okay. And yeah, you know, I know it's probably hard for him not being in the ring, but. He got his moment where the fans could say thank you. And that moment of him leaving his boots in the ring will live forever. I mean, not many people had the opportunity to do that. I know Taker hadn't the Taker did that after his loss to Roman. Not many get to do that. It is a time on our tradition, but uh, they let him open WrestleMania night two, and that was uh you know a huge, huge moment. So uh really cool way to open the show. Uh we also had another Gable Stevenson uh waving to the crowd. He's in the front row, so he gets involved uh, in the next match here. But let's talk about it. So uh, they we open with the triple threat tag match. Uh, Randy Orton and Riddle defeating the Street Profits and Alpha Academy to retain the championships. Um, this match, technically, since it's a triple threat, it was no DQ. So all they didn't have to tag in and tag out. They didn't have to. At some point, they did. But yeah. since it was a triple threat, there was no DQ at, at all. Um, it was just confusing. The ref wasn't really enforcing the rules, but I thought this match was a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of great, talented guys in this match between Riddle, Montez Ford, Chad Gable's awesome in the ring. And I was saying this on the Raw Down when I was doing the predictions for WrestleMania. Can you imagine in the future a WWE Championship match between Riddle, Montez Ford, and potentially Chad Gable? Um, you know, booking towards the future, I think those are guys you can really build on. And maybe they don't feel the same way. But I think uh, this match highlighted a lot of young talent. I still believe Montez Ford, uh, if booked correctly, has the talent to be a future main event superstar. And this, you know, just to speak to it, this match had an insane spot uh, where it looked like he was going for a stinger splash, but he leaped right over Chad Gable and did a flip dive, wiping out everyone outside the ring. Dude makes everything look so easy. Uh, and then we had Gable with a moonsault. This match was all over the place. I know yeah. that I thought this was the perfect opener. They made the right decision having RK Bro win. I'm so happy that they haven't broken them up yet. Yeah. They're just they're like merch printing machines. I love them together. And I'm a huge tag team mark. I mean, this weekend, the highlight of my weekend was FTR versus the Briscoes. But WWE did a great job of highlighting their tag division. Yeah. Opening both nights with two pretty solid tag matches. This one obviously was better. Yes, for sure. Um, this match was great. Everybody got involved multiple times. Um I think Randy Orton still shined the brightest by the end of it all. Chad Gable, I was a little disappointed in. Um, I thought that uh, offensively when he was moving, he was great. But when it was his turn defensively to like take a bump, didn't look good. Um, but I agree with you. I think Montez Ford could be a 
superstar. I think they have to separate him and Dawkins, unfortunately, to do it. Um, but overall, this is a great match. Matt Riddle still showing awesome, awesome stuff. He's having so much fun out there. And, you know, we've talked about how I said, like, a lot of the guys in AEW are out there to, you know, be veterans to this younger crowd. Randy Orton, for sure, is a huge impact on Riddle. And I think when Randy's time comes to step down, I think you're going to see Riddle still throwing out the RKO. So I cool. loved it. Loved awesome. it. They won. That'd be awesome. Um, it passes down to him. That's a nice little point. Uh, yeah, it'd be cool for him to use it. Uh, Randy, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what he wants to do, but, you know, the guy obviously is – it's his house money at this point, his Hall of Fame career. He's just adding to his legacy. Uh, but like you said, I think both of them are having a good time. And yeah. the fans love it. And I think this is a highlight of Randy Orton's career. And not the highlight, but I think it is a it is a highlight of Randy Orton's career. I think it's one of the brighter spots that he's been able to work in. And he's so versatile, man. Like, he's able to do so much. And I think, similar to Triple H, I think Randy Orton is underappreciated. He's just one of those guys. He's so consistent. He's out there week to week. Um, he doesn't take time off. He's, you know, he's had his fair share of injuries, of course, but... I think Randy Orton has really done it all, and he's a team player. He doesn't always have to be involved in the main event. Yep. I mean, he's all over the card. I mean, sometimes he's defending a mid-card title, like the U.S. title or like an Intercontinental title. Sometimes he's tag champion. Sometimes he's just wrestling a match against somebody uh, yep. in a grudge feud. Sometimes he's the guy. So, like, I think when all when all is said and done, I think similar to Triple H, where people, like, it took Triple H's health scare and not being able to work in the ring to appreciate them, I think Randy Orton's going to have a similar – people are going to have a, a realization of like this guy has had one of the best careers ever. Like he I might have the best it, finisher ever, dude. Like yeah. the RKO might, I mean, it might be the coolest thing in wrestling ever. Like, I don't know. I love it. I think every time I see it, it just shocks me. I mean, I know camera angles do a lot of work, but like when you see it, he just never misses it. Like he's just always there for it. And he's always protective with it. Like, I don't know. To me, I just think he could go down as one of the top five wrestlers of all time. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you completely. This match was a lot of fun. If you guys haven't watched this and you're looking for reasons and things to watch from WrestleMania, check this match out. Among a lot of things, I would go back and watch a lot of the card. Um, I think I read some stats somewhere that in the four hours on night two, an hour and a half was full of wrestling. So just just so you guys are aware of that. All right, so we have the next match here. We have Bobby Lashley defeating Omos. So this match was just as much of a mess as you – oh, wait, before we move on to this match, we had the after the – we had the after the uh, match segment here where we had Ford and Dawkins handing out red cups to Orton and Riddle. Uh, Montez Ford poured something special into their cups. And then Montez invited Gable Stevenson into the ring and to join them. Uh, before they could take a drink, Chad Gable smacked the cup out of Gable's hand, which was pretty funny. Good timely uh, timely action by Gable's, um, Chad Gable. Too many Gables in this. Chad Gable told them to shoosh with the crowd all chanted along with them. And then Gable Stevenson took the mic away and gave Chad an overhead suplex, as you referenced uh, earlier in the night and the show. And then Gable toasted with the baby faces. So two nights Gable Stevenson showcased on here. They're putting him on a, you know, in a big spot. And I think we're going to look at this spot as like, all right, this is kind of the entry into his WWE career. And it's been uh, very eye-opening to see how much they're putting behind him. So I thought he was impressive. Yeah, me too. Excited to see what's to come. All right, so now we're moving towards this match, and I think we all wish it didn't happen. Bobby Lashley versus Omos. Uh, this match went six minutes and 35 seconds. It probably should have went two minutes and 35 seconds. Um, you know, I think the big thing, obviously, 
to use the word big as a pun, is almost his size. But the thing is, he cannot freaking move. He's absolutely hard in the ring. I feel bad for Lashley coming off an injury, having to sell to this guy or having to take moves. Uh, this match went six minutes and 35 seconds, like I mentioned. And um, yeah, just a mess of a match. I was happy Lashley got the win here. Yeah, I think we can officially say the almost uh, experiment is done here. It has to I th- be. I think we are now going to sit here and now Lashley's going to move on to potentially having, you know, I'm, I guess a main event push. He could be one of the guys challenging Roman. Uh, there was one nasty spot where almost drove Lashley into the corner and the back of Lashley's head hit the ring post, which they kept showing over and over again. So obviously maybe you're like, I think they assumed Lashley was fine. Um, but again, I guess it was fine for an almost match. Crowd was into Lashley, but I mean, I, I could have definitely done without this completely. Yeah. There are two guys I don't like almost unfortunately is in a league of his own and it's a league that doesn't belong. You know, like, he's just too big of a guy. Like, when he was doing the thing with AJ, it was working. Not the tag team, but, like, when he was just out there for AJ. Um, Bobby Lashley, I think he was going for the Harley Quinn look with his pants. I don't know if you noticed that. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. I think they looked ridiculous. I think it was a terrible idea. Um, I don't know what he was trying to get out of it. I'm hoping I'm wrong that it wasn't Harley Quinn, but I don't see what else it could be. Um, And then just the spears to the back and then the – the, the front of him of almost was it was smart like it's good like tactile play but tactical play but overall the match was just terrible um almost just ruins there's no reason for him to be there you know if they couldn't make braun Strowman work why do you think almost is gonna work like come on yeah i think there's gonna be a i think vince loves big guys so there's gonna be a place for him on the card eventually they get released i mean or they they disappear uh, I think we could see almost doing a comic gimmick like similar to Great Kali after he finished his dominant run as champion, and they're gonna probably put him in like a joke gimmick. He's gonna remain on the roster, but he, I guess, ha- seeing him on TV, like he's impressive, and seeing him in person, he's impressive. But I mean, if he can't move and he can't bump, like, and you're, what can, you, what else can you do? This is wrestling. It's not just, right. it's not just like, oh, how tall is the guy? So, right. Exactly. All right. Not so, all tall people are good at basketball. Sorry, it's just the fucking truth. <laughs> no, you're right. It's true. And the thing is, like, there are – and I think I talked about it before. Big Show set the bar for what big wrestlers can do. Big Show could do things that most big guys couldn't do. Yeah. Drop kicks, coming off the top rope, superplexes. Like, he he was a very athletic big man, and he was seven foot two. Mm-hmm. And I know that almost is not as bigger than Big Show was, but, you know – I, I don't want to see a guy running in there like Frankenstein. I want to see a guy who can move around and have a match. And I think there's room to do both and almost can't. So, like, find a guy that can do both if you want a big guy in the card. Agreed. Uh, so, there was a video featuring the company's charity work, which went I, – I timed it – two minutes and 46 seconds. So, you want to talk about things, like, on the card that uh, wasn't wrestling – this was one of them. So long video package, two minutes and 45 seconds, 46 seconds might've been, it was a quarter of the, of the match between almost and, uh, and Bobby Lashley. Yeah. So the next match over here is a really fun match. And I'm very curious of your reaction to this. We had the anything goes match, Johnny Knoxville defeating Sami Zayn. Uh, personally, I kind of like this match. And I think every WrestleMania needs, 
a car crash type of match. And I think having matches like this where uh, you have stunts and weapons and comedy and interference, every good WrestleMania has a car crash match. Go to WrestleMania 17, they have the hardcore title match. WrestleMania 22, they have Edge versus Mick Foley, which was more of a series, but there was a lot of, there was fire and things like that. Mm-hmm. So even WrestleMania, uh, the, the WrestleMania with Shawn Michaels and uh, and Vince McMahon with the Spirit Squad getting involved. I think there's a place in here for everybody. Uh, Knoxville was great in his role. I think he sold really well. I think the offense was believable. Yep. He, he absolutely got murdered. And I think he probably told Zane, like, legit kick me in the head. Yeah. Uh, because if you don't, it's going to make me look like a geek. And I want to make sure that I keep my rep. Uh, there was a uh, one spot here that we talked about. You see the mousetrap on the screen here with the big, yeah. that was the finish of the match. Uh, but Zane pulled out a table from under the ring that was covered in mousetraps. Yeah. Sammy figured Knoxville put it there. Knoxville attacked him with the garbage can lens and he tried to suplex, but Zane countered and put Knoxville through the table with an exploiter for a two count. Then we had the jackass uh, interruptions. We had uh, Party Boy entered the ring and did his thing. He removed his shirt and his tearaway pants revealed his thong, which was like, I probably could have did without that one. Yeah. Um, more interference here. Let's go to the end. We had uh, Zane went to the top and Knoxville grabbed grabbed him with tongs uh, in his nether regions before tossing him into the mousetrap table. Uh, the entire jackass crew pulled out the mousetrap as Sammy was ra- waiting for his demise. Knoxville used the taser on Zane before unleashing the mousetrap on Zane. Knoxville pinned Zane with the help from the mousetrap for the win. The jackass crew celebrated in the ring for the win. Thought the fans liked this match. I sort of liked it. Um, you know, Sami Zayn probably was having a good time. I'd like to finish because, like, it was goofy and, like, Sammy didn't look weak because he was able to, like, he was underneath a mousetrap or whatever. Yeah. I know this match is going to get a lot of hate by the wrestling purists and the traditionalists like Jim Cornette. But I think every card should have something like this because it should be a variety show. Yeah, I agree. This was a fun match. Um, I think Sammy worked his ass off in this match. I think Johnny Knoxville did great. I'm pretty sure Sammy kicked almost all of these guys in the face at one point or another. Um, Wee Man body slamming Sammy was amazing. The fact that he held him up and really pulled it off was awesome. Um but yeah, Johnny Knoxville, man, is just a balls to the walls kind of guy. And for a guy that was concussed and shouldn't have probably been in the Rumble after doing Jackass Forever and comes back through and shows up at Mania and puts on a show. Um, super, super cool. Um, it, it like you said, it was this was a match that was fun for everybody. Like if you were there for comedy, you could just laugh at this match in a fun way, you know, and it was well done. I really thought and I was gonna that one of you guys on it that I was positive that Sammy was going to get like shot out of a cannon to lose, but the big mouse trap came out and I was like, Oh, that's how it's going to end. All right. I'm okay with this though. Um, yeah. Dude, this was like a Tom and Jerry uh, right. cartoon come to life and kudos exactly. to them. They made it work. Like it, yes. it fit the narrative of Jackass and Sammy and the whole feud and whatever. I mean, people are going to hate it, but whatever, you weren't going to like it anyway. Cause his giant Knoxville was involved. So right i i liked it for what it was i mean yeah, no, i think i don't take my wrestling too seriously so you know i do enjoy wrestling to make sense but sometimes it's okay to suspend belief yeah johnny knoxville is just more proof that some of these 
I think every celebrity wrestler this weekend outperformed another wrestler at some point, like in general. And I think that was just cool to see. And it's, it's great. You know, I want to see another match like this eventually, you know, maybe Johnny Knoxville shows up at the rumble again one day, who knows? Yeah. I mean, why not? I thought, like you said, Johnny Knoxville held his own in there. He took his bumps and I'm not saying he's going to be world champion, but for a match like this, why not? Yeah. Following this, we had the fatal four-way match between uh, Sasha. uh, So the tag Fatal forward for the tag title, Sasha Banks, Naomi, defeating Queen Zelina, Carmella, and Rhea Ripley, and Liv Morgan, and Natalia and Shayna Baszler. Uh, this match went 10 minutes uh, too long. Uh, not a great match, in my opinion. The women's tag titles mean nothing, next to nothing. Uh, Banks and Naomi hit Carmella with the, the combo glam slam, co-breaker, and Banks pinned her for the win. Uh, they are the tag champions, whatever that means to anybody. I think this is Sasha's first win at WrestleMania. Believe it or not. Yeah, somebody so, else had said that. So I, I believe that this is I mean it's kind of obvious they're gonna give her the win here. She definitely doesn't win big matches. Uh it's a shame it's this match that she gets, but the tag titles again mean nothing. Uh, placeholder on the card, probably myself. I would have put the IC title or the US title on the card myself, have Finn on the card, or um, or at least get the Intercontinental title on the card with uh Ricochet. Yeah, um, I don't think the women's tag team titles mean nothing necessarily. I think it's just hard because you have no set team. Like you randomly threw together Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. Like Natalia was out there and did nothing. Like she was the worst person in this match. I think besides Liv, Shayna Baszler, I think just sucks. Um, I did like that Rhea and Liv Morgan came out as Catwoman. I thought that was cool, which made me think back to the whole um, Bobby Lashley thing as Harley Quinn. But you just knew Sasha and Naomi. Sasha came out in a freaking Lamborghini, dude. Like, that was awesome. Um, The glow for um, Naomi was great also. But overall, you know, it was not a great match at all. Like, they tried to get everybody involved, and it just was never going to happen. Like, that's just too many people. Um, You know, you got all the guys involved in the six team, and you get the the eight women out there. And I was like, oh, this is really really not well done and like some of those girls like i just don't think they used to tag teams like and they showed it i mean they they were all over the place and had no idea what they were doing and when to be where it was crazy yeah so we talked about before getting other guys on the card so i was just going through the times for some of these video package the first one of the night was two minutes and 46 seconds and then going through after this match uh, well, before this match, we had the a video recap of the night before with Drew destroying the, the ropes. That was two minutes and 27 seconds. Add another five minutes to the card. Mm-hmm. Following this match, we had a replay of uh, the Miz and Logan Paul stuff. Two minutes and 25 seconds. Add another two minutes. So that's eight minutes. And then after this, we had the Dallas Cowboys players, Micah Parsons and Ezekiel Elliott showing the crowd. And then they showed an Edge and AJ video package from four minutes and seven seconds. That package was terribly long. So you could have, you easily could have had um, both of these guys. I mean, you could have added at least one of these matches because some of the, I mean, an eight-minute Intercontinental title match wouldn't have been so bad, right? No, I agree. Put Finn Balor in WrestleMania. I'm down for Finn Balor being anywhere. I think it, I think it's important to like just note that, and I, that's why I took note of some of these times because I think no, it's that's important. fair. I thought that all the video packages for night one were ridiculously long in that. Night two wasn't showing specific video packages for the upcoming events. Um, but I think it's because they noticed how long they took for night one. And some of them for night one, it was just on you know, the, some of the video packages in general are just unnecessary because it's like, 
all right, we get it. You've been feuding for years. Like, fight. Let's go. I don't know. Well, I think, too, they show the video packages over and over and over again. Like, if you've been watching since the pre-show, they showed it over right. and over again. Not to mention, they keep showing the same goddamn commercial, too, for Cricket Wireless and the Snickers commercial with Jameis. Like, there you go, bro. It's it's WrestleMania. You can't, like, yeah. you can't mix I think we need time to get them off that long ramp, but just let's go. But I agree. Yeah. You could have put another match or two in. All right, moving on here to Edge defeating AJ Styles uh, in probably the most anticipated match for me for the night. Um, sort of disappointed. It went. It was the longest match of the night, 24 minutes and uh, 24 minutes and 27 seconds. Interesting thing. Styles came out. He was bleeding from the cheek during his entrance. Yeah. Uh, later on in Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez uh, both said it was a pyro mishap, but not quite sure how a pyro mishap would make you bleed. So. Uh, something to look out for in the next couple of weeks about what story comes out. Yeah. Uh, or it may just live in lore forever. Cause like people don't realize like when uh, Hogan showed up at WrestleMania, now with a black eye, no one knows the true story. Some people say macho man punched him in the face. He says he slipped in the shower. Some people say it was a jet ski accident. Nobody knows wow. what happened. Maybe we'll figure out what happened AJ. Maybe we won't. Maybe they'll just say it's a pyro thing. So this might be part of WrestleMania lore. Yeah. Uh, it lives forever, but we'll see. Uh, anyway, this match, uh, both had great entrances. Edge entered on a throne that popped out from under the ring. It had flames. Remind me of the Brood or like a mix of House of Black. Uh, he was wearing black and purple. AJ wearing white and blue. Uh, so good versus evil kind of stuff going on. There was some good stuff sprinkled in this match. Maybe my expectations were super high. Uh, it just seemed like there was a lot of laying around. Like I think yep. that like they hit spots and then later on and they hit spots and later on. Uh, I mean, the beginning of the match had AJ having an early advantage and then uh, he hit edge in the chin with a sliding knee and then edge gained control, getting his knees up on a springboard 450. Styles was fighting back and edge drove into the buckle. And then styles came back with a suplex into the buckle. Very methodical. I thought by the end of the match, uh, they started to get going it never really got to the point where it was like, I was waiting for this to be that all time classic match. Like a Jericho, Shawn Michaels, like Kurt Angle, Shawn Michaels, like a Ricky Steamboat, Macho Man. It just never got there. Uh, I guess the cool part about it was we got the Priest and Edge Union at the end, which was shocking. Like yeah. I'm now intrigued about what they're doing with them. Uh, maybe we have their a new sort of ministry of darkness, or I don't know. I like it as being intrigued. I love the direction they're going with uh, AJ. I mean, with the uh, edge, I think it's important to keep him fresh because if you did a nostalgia act, he is a guy that, uh, you know, could get stale and, but you know what? People would be okay with it, but I think it's really, it's brave of him to go out on a limb and do something different. So it's pretty cool. Uh, I thought it was a good match. I don't think it was the all-time classic I was hoping it would be. It just was, uh, just was there, you know. So yeah, it wasn't the dream match I wanted to be. Um, I thought Edge didn't look great. There were a lot of times that AJ was just laying there, and I was like, "Let's go," um, like you had said. But once, um, once Edge survived the Styles Clash, I was like, "Yeah, Edge is gonna win now," and I was okay with it. But I just think they made Edge look super strong here when they shouldn't have. So I don't know. I thought he was coming to the end finally because I just haven't been into his promos or anything. But if they're going to go with that little whole, you know, Damian Priest is awesome, dude. I love Damian Priest. 
I think he's one of those darker uh, characters, and I love it. So if Edge is going to kind of go that direction and be that dark, dark character to like lead Damian Priest, I'm all for it. Yeah, I agree. I think it's something that, you know, it's different, so I'm all for it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I understand the Edge character is polarizing for some people, and I've heard very strong opinions on both ends. People love it, people hate it. Yeah. I really like it. I mean, it seems like you don't, but I'm willing to see where it goes. I, I just think I just appre- I'm, I'm more appreciative of the fact that he's a legend, a Hall of Famer. Yeah, that can rest on his laurels and just say, you know what, I'm doing the rated R stuff the rest of my career. But he changes it. He he switches it up. So that's what I kind of appreciate. Fair. Um, all right. So there was a commercial followed by a commercial for uh, Backlash. So commercials on WrestleMania, horrible. Um, they announced the night the night two attendance was seventy eight thousand four hundred fifty eight fifty eight. So we know that's false. Um, sure, the number is fudge, but I'm sure we'll get the actual real number eventually. But who cares? Crowd was packed. Crowd was loud. That's all all that matters. Yeah. Uh, they did start, several replays setting up the upcoming match, including a replay of Big E breaking his neck. And the re- the replays were longer than this match. The next match here uh, was one minute and 44 seconds. Sheamus, Sheamus and Ridge Holland with Butch defeated Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. This match was supposed to happen on night one. It was cut. Sheamus actually tweeted scissors after night one that his match was cut. Um Minute and forty-four, nothing to really note of. I mean, except New Day wore big, uh, wore singlets like Big E. Uh, they paid tribute to him. They took off the the straps. They hit some of his moves. Uh, but in the end, the heels got the win here. Uh, they're really pushing this crew of Rich Holland, Butch, and Sheamus. You know, on paper, cool, uh, great workers. But you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of how they're booking Butch. Like, I rather just be Pete Dunn. Make him Pete Dunn, and like have him dress this way. I don't get why you have to make him this newsy paperboy guy. I don't, I don't get it. Um, yeah. This was extremely lame in my opinion. Why well, haven't put it on the card? It's only, only going to be a minute and 44 seconds, especially if you're paying tribute to their friend who broke his neck. And then he like, then you just lose in a job fashion. Like what was the point? Yeah. Uh, terrible quick match. I mean, if you got up to go to the bathroom, you missed this match. You know, um, I kind of, I don't like Butch, the Butch thing necessarily. I do like the whole rabid dog thing. I do miss the bruiser weight more than anything though. Um, you know, but I mean, if this is his way up. It's fine. I'm not, a, don't hate the outcome of the match. Um, but like, what are you doing with Sheamus and Ridge Holland? Like, I, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. So I agree. I mean, if it gets Pete Dunn on the card, similar to anybody else, like, you know, we talked about this with AEW with Daniel Garcia. I may not like what he's doing, but the fact that he's on right the show on a weekly basis, I'm okay with it. So, um, you know, maybe this is what it takes for Pete Dunn, and maybe they'll they'll eventually call him Butch Dunn, or eventually bring him back to be Pete Dunn because Butch is allegedly his nickname with Sheamus and Ridge from when they were friends back in the day. I don't know, hmm. trying to save it. But anyway, following this, they had a video for Cody Rhodes' return, which was two minutes and twenty four seconds. So again, penciled in all these, you could have added another match and defended both the, the IC and the US title. Uh, following this, you had Undertaker coming back onto the stage for a second night. Um, well, actually, no, he didn't enter the enter the stage. Yeah, he just stood at the top of the ramp. Yeah. So uh, then they had two commercials and plug Peacock, and then uh, show Jefferson White from Yellowstone in the crowd. Um, then there was a video package for the upcoming match again, which is two minutes and forty three seconds. So a lot of wasted time. Like I talked about in a four hour show, there was like an hour and a half of real wrestling. So you know, it, if you watch. 
on demand or whatever, you could fast forward through a lot and get through this pretty quickly. Yeah. All right. Here's the big dog stuff here. We got Pat McAfee defeating Austin Theory. This was really fun. This first yes. part was fun. Yes. Um, so we had McAfee entering to Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes, and the crowd hummed along. Immediately got the crowd involved. Interesting to think that they actually gave Pat McAfee a uh, a real song. Like they don't splurge for just anybody. I know. And Pat McAfee is an announcer. Uh, but this match was really, really good. Uh, Vince at ringside, he came out. Uh, he did introduce Theory as a future world champion. Uh, they went back and forth. Theory was absolutely crazy. Um, great, great uh, selling. I think it was a great match altogether. It only went nine minutes and 38 seconds. But if you did not see the the match that he had with Cole at NXT TakeOver, I'm sure people were shocked to see how athletic Pat McAfee was. So he had a swanton at one point. Theory dodged and hit a backdrop for two. Theory tried pushing McAfee off the top, but McAfee did a backflip and landed on his feet. So sick. McAfee leaped off the top and gave Theory a superplex for a near fall. Uh, Theory dodged the punt and then dropped McAfee with a left hand. Theory went for the ATL, and McAfee slipped out and used a schoolboy for the pinfall victory. Uh, I was pretty shocked that McAfee got the win here. It was in like a cheap, quick way, so it didn't bury Theory here. But if they're, I mean, if you're getting Vince McMahon on TV for Austin Theory, they obviously have big thing, pen, big things penciled for him. But uh, they gave the the win to McAfee, which I guess would make sense unless you, I mean, if you saw this in a vacuum. But then what happened next was just bizarre. So you go, what did? How do you feel about the match before I get into the after the match? I thought so. I had messaged everybody. The entrance was great because. If you tell me, if you came to me and you're like, yo, Pat McAfee picked to come out to the Seven Nation Army, I'd be like, I'm not surprised because he wanted the crowd on his side and to have fun. And I think that was huge because the crowd was doing the chant the whole time. But his athleticism was nuts. I thought the punt walking into the ring was super cool, to be honest. Um, when he leapt onto the top ropes just from the ground, I was like, oh, my God, he's going to superplex him. And he did. Um, there were so many good moments for Pat McAfee. It just shows he's a true fan of wrestling and that he loves what he does. And I've always enjoyed him. Um, even when he was a football player, he was a psychopath. It was awesome to see, you know, the punter who wasn't afraid to tackle somebody like that's crazy. So it was cool to see that somebody with so much passion for the sport, um, and everything got to show it off and be a part of it. And I loved seeing that part. So their match in general was good. And even Austin theory looked good throughout the match. So after the match, we had Pat McAfee calling out McMahon. Vince teased taking off the coat. Crowd got really pumped up for it. And then McMahon decided to actually get in the ring, remove his remove his coat. And then a referee came in with them. They were like, holy crap, we're getting a match between the two. And what happened next was just absolutely bizarre. Uh, who would have thought? I mean, this was rumored when they first did the interview with Pat McAfee that this match was going to be the full, I guess, the the like the original match um vince has no business being in the ring like at all 76 years old i give him credit for even trying but yeah i mean the offense was laughable yeah uh pat mcafee ran into a few clotheslines uh theory tripped him and crops him using a ring post and then austin theory handed mcmahon a football mcmahon teased punting into the crowd and said kicked it into mcafee's ribs yeah which was somehow enough to get the win like i don't understand um, I don't understand why you need to pin McAfee after this. Like, why couldn't you just have theory? I understand they wanted to build heat for what happened next here with Austin, but 
why not just have Theory and Vince beat McAfee down and have Austin make the save? So with that said, the glass hit. And the funny thing, too, is Theory's music hit, and then Vince reacted to the music thinking it was supposed to be uh, Stone Cold's music. So his cue was off. Vince was an absolute mess here. Uh, the stunner he took was horrendous after, but let's get into the after the match. We had uh, Austin's music hitting. The crowd went nuts. Uh, Steve Austin attacked Theory and gave him a stunner, which he sold it like a million dollars. He floated in the air, similar to The Rock selling the stunner. Austin looked at McMahon, who tried pleading with him. Austin called for some beer. Hand went to McMahon. McMahon uh, put over the beer by uh, uh, sipping it and looking super impressed. Uh, they both took a gulp before Austin kicked him in the gut. McMahon, <laughs> McMahon fell before Austin could give him a stunner. And then Austin did his best to just try to salvage it. Uh, but this was the absolute worst stunner ever. Austin was cracking up in the ring. He just couldn't help but laugh. Yeah, it was uh, brutal, man. Like Again, Vince has no business being in the ring. Uh, it was a cool moment seeing the two of them get in the ring together because of the history. But goddamn, like all he had to do was just fall forward. It's easy for me to say I'm not 76 years old, but right. goddamn. After yeah, this, looked, yeah, no, you go ahead. He, he looked awful. And I, at, part of me said, like, is he going to fall out of the ring right now, like between the ropes? I thought he was going down. Oh, dude. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Steve Austin invited McAfee in the ring and they shared some beer before Austin gave him a stunner. Uh, there's, actually, there's an awesome photo of, of Pat McAfee. I mean, I'm sure I could find it right now, so I put it on here. Pat McAfee drinking the beer. Uh, like, they zoomed in on him. He's somehow knocked out and drinking beer at the same time. Yeah, it was uh, funny. He, like, fountained it out. So good. Uh, they salvaged it a little bit. and I, Like, I know people were, like, super upset about the uh, the stunner and stuff. But, like, it kind of fits it. Like, he's always, he's always, always took the worst stunners. Somehow he topped this stunner more. Like, this was the worst stunner ever. I think he topped Trump. Like, Trump at WrestleMania 23 was the worst stunner of all time. Uh, That's funny. Yeah, like, by far, Trump's stunner was the worst. Linda McMahon was a bad stunner. Uh, here's a picture of Pat McAfee just, <laughs> just yeah. chugging on some beer uh, while he's knocked out. It's an all-time photo. I have to get that framed if I'm Pat McAfee. Just an absolutely epic moment. Uh, for Pat McAfee, he, on his show today, he was talking about how what a moment it was for him. And the loss to Vince doesn't do anything. It's not like you have right. a future world champion on your hand. But uh, I just, like, I would have done it differently. Like, maybe you could have had, like, Vince try to have McAfee enter uh, the Kiss My Ass Club. And then before it happened, you could have, I don't know, something like that. But yeah. just really cool, really cool moment for Pat McAfee. I feel good for him. He's a lifelong fan. Yeah. And I it was fun, you know, like. I felt sad for for Vince, but you know what though? Like again, similar to the Knoxville stuff, suspend and belief is what you need to do in wrestling. And like, it was one nice little nod towards the Attitude Era, and maybe we could say goodbye to it for now. Yeah, I think the best part of this in all, besides McAfee's performance, was when the glass shattered, dude. I was not ready to see Stone Cold again, and I think that just made the night so much cooler in general. Um, but you knew you knew Vince McMahon was getting stunned, dude. It was awesome. I just did not expect Stone Cold to come out again. I like I like this moment almost better than the Owens thing because it's like this is how right. you should use Stone Cold because this is how you should use him. You get the pop, and people are like he's an act. People just want to see him stun people. I don't want to see Austin getting suplex. I don't. Right. I'd rather see him just stunning people. Yep, I agree. So 
It's much more we entertaining. Are, we are moving on towards the main event here. Um, we have Roman Reigns defeating Brock Lesnar to win the Unified Universal Championship and WWE Championship. So this match went 12-17. And I think it would have went much longer, but I think we have a legit injury for Roman Reigns. Like There's rumor that he tore his uh, bicep. Uh, we don't know that to be sure, but there were rumor and innuendo that he was. So not a great, great match. I mean, Lesnar's, Lesnar's matches follow a formula at this point. Uh, we know what works for Lesnar. You hit the big spots, you hit the finishers, you hit the Germans, you hit the suplexes. Uh, it seems like it was going to be one of those matches where like you hit a million spears, a million F5s, a million Superman punches. But somewhere there was a spot where Reigns hurt his arm. Uh, he was selling for the Kamara lock. So maybe, I don't know, I was getting confused with that. Maybe I was being worked a little bit, but it looked bruised to me. Like some, it looked the arm looked bruised, and he had a hard time lifting it. Um, so the match was anticlimactic. We had Lesnar going for an F five, and Reigns slipped out and hit another spear for an abrupt pinfall win. And maybe it was because he was hurt. Maybe it was because they needed to get the match over, and they that the injury was serious. I don't know, but for all the build. And like how they were putting everything behind this match, it definitely disappointed in my opinion. I agree. Um, it was weird because Roman came down with the Usos and Paul Heyman, and like the Usos weren't there when it ended. So I'm kind of like, oh, where did they go? Um, maybe I just lost track and they just went backstage right after again. But I'm not sure. Uh, I agree with the 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 random quick finish. I don't know that Roman was hurt. They did have him. He did say that it's out to Paul Heyman. Um, and I thought he meant his shoulder was like dislocated. And then at the end of the night, they had him grab the rope and lean back and like pull it back in place. And I thought that was a big part of trying to get the fans back on his side again with everything, because he is getting booed a lot as champion for so long and the way it's been happening. But like, I didn't like the low blow in the ring. Um, it was cool how like subtle Paul Heyman's help was when he just pushed the ropes into Roman's hand. Um, you know, but with between the spear count and the Superman punch count, I mean, Brock is just so strong as it is. It's cool to see. But the fact that Brock came off the ropes and Roman didn't use the ropes to hit the final spear, that really threw me off because typically he does it from a distance and it like so has such a better impact. And the angle they used was – I just didn't love that either. You know, they used the front of it so you didn't really see Roman going for it the way I thought you would. So all in all – I was disappointed in the match, um, especially after all the buildup. And we've been talking about this since day one, that Roman has to fight Brock again. Um, I am a fan of both of them. I do love Roman. I always will. Um, I love the story behind him and everything. This kind of hurt to see a little bit, especially for WrestleMania. Um, but all in all, it still was a good night too. Um, and I guess we'll see what's up with Roman if he's really injured or not. I don't think he is, to be honest. Um, yeah, here's the picture of it too. Like, I mean, you see the arm a little bit. It looks oh, like yeah, it, maybe he did tear his bicep or his tricep. I mean, when he grabbed the rope at the end of the night, he could have pulled that back into place too. Scary. Yeah, so I'm hoping he's okay. I did not watch the end of Raw. I know he's supposed to be on it, so I did not see it. I'm going to be watching it on delay. I wanted to get on here with you and do the, the WrestleMania yeah. review. But I agree with you. I mean, it was an anticlimactic end to what was a – was billed as one of those matches that was supposed to be a special match. And I think Lesnar 
and Reigns had potential to have a much better match than this, filled with better spots and more action. They probably could have won another five, six minutes of just yeah. more near falls. Um, the ending took away a lot, in my opinion. I know they probably had to do what they had to do, but it certainly uh, de- definitely didn't feel like it should have. I think we should have definitely seen more kickouts, more near falls, more explosiveness. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we didn't, and it is what it is. I mean, they made the right choice, in my opinion. Reigns getting the win here is the right choice. Yeah. Uh, Lesnar, who knows, like, what's next for him, and they'll bring him in. Like, he's the ultimate mercenary. He'll come in and do his thing when they need him, and he and he does it well. So, like, yes. you know, I'm not hating on Lesnar. I think he's great. But Reigns is the guy. I would love him to hold the title all the way till next WrestleMania. I know that seems crazy. No, I agree. Um, I certainly think there's a lot of cool challengers lined up. You got Cody Rhodes, you got Edge, you got Lashley. So for the first time in a while, it seems like the line is getting a little bit longer for the world championship. And hopefully that is a sign of good things to come because uh, if the main event is strong, the rest of the, the rest of the show follows suit. So right. I'm hoping that, you know, I don't want Reigns to lose the title. I mean, if, if Cody takes it from him, I guess that's okay. But other than that, I think they need to save that rub from Roman for somebody really, really special. It might be Cody. Maybe they think it's going to be that guy. Yeah. Maybe Cody's going to be that guy that they really want to put a lot of stock into. But I don't know. I think that they should save it for even like Gable Stevenson all the way down the line in a year yeah. or possibly Braun Breaker. I just don't know who it is. Like, do you want to put the future stock in Roman Reigns? Like, is that the guy? No, exactly. I mean, if they want do they want to put it in, a, I'm sorry, Cody Rhodes? Is Cody Rhodes the future of your company? I don't right. know. Yeah. Maybe they maybe they believe that. Maybe they believe he's young enough, he's talented enough to be the next huge face. Because you know how they feel about older guys. They don't care anymore. Right. Yeah, they kind of treat everyone as equals. I really hope with this unification of the belts thing, I hope they don't make it one belt. I'd rather see it as two belts. Um, you know, it's it's kind of like the opposite of what we say about AEW. Now there's like more belts to go around with WWE, but I want it to be two belts because I don't want to see Roman lose the one belt. That's my thing. You know, if he loses, you know, one of them, at least he'll still, like, I don't want him to lose that universal championship reign yet. You know, I still want to see him on top of it. So that's just my fan, my fanboy opinion. Yeah, no, I think he's going to continue the reign no matter like if it's one title or two. Uh, it was interesting last night when, uh, he introduced Vince introduced Austin theory. He had said a future universal champion. So maybe they're moving away from the WWE championship and they want it to be more universal because that's more within brand. Mm-hmm. Certainly uh, something to think about, but I'm with you. I think Lesnar and reigns, the story was built to get reigns title reign even more over to like be a little bit historic and get it to a place where you feel like it is something special and inevitably, that rub has to go to somebody. And I don't know who it is right now. The person might not be on the roster yet. So why why do it just to do it? Don't just take the title off Roman just to take the title off. It has to mean something right now. I mean, you put, you've put you invested so much in this title reign, you might as well reap the benefit of having someone beat him. That's I how agree. I feel about it. No, I agree. You know, when, when it's time, you know, it has to be done right. I also, truthfully, we don't do a WWE show, you know, so – I hate these little things that Roman is doing, the low blows, you know, the ref being taken out. Like, I just hate to see that for, like, the big champion and everything. And, like, I get if you're trying to turn him into a heel, like, you're doing it, it's working, you know, but I don't know. I just don't want to see it. So I hate seeing that. 
Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, with the Lesnar thing, I think they protect Lesnar in that way that it takes low blows to beat him. Even Drew McIntyre had to low blow him to beat him. Right. So, yeah, I agree with you. It it definitely makes Roman look a little bit weak. Roman should just be. I mean, he beat him sort of clean, but like you're right, he shouldn't have to cheat. He's just as strong. Right. And you know, I think it takes a little bit away from the rub for sure. All right, we're here at the tail end, Nick. Anything going on the channel you want to remind people of? Nah, man, back to pushing videos out this week. I didn't push videos last week. Um, so four videos randomly. Like, I shot my random video today. Tomorrow will be a comic book recommendation. Uh, new comic book day haul will be Thursday, I think. And Friday I'll do a channel surfers. What about you? All right, so some stuff going on here. Uh, so I will be having my second show with Freems and also Sneed of Turnbuckle Tavern. Uh, the Honor Society, will, we will be reviewing Supercard of Honor, the Ring of Honor show from Friday. A lot of things to talk about. So please sure to uh, be, please be sure to check that out. That's going to be awesome. Uh, 7 p.m. on Thursdays, Eastern Time, live. You can find us on YouTube, Twitch, uh, streaming on Twitter and Facebook. Nick and I will be back Wednesday to be talking about uh, AW Dynamite. We will discuss all things AW Dynamite. There is a Hardy's table match with the Butcher and the Blade. Uh, some other stuff, uh, Owen Hart tournament qualifiers going on, uh, back to our AW land where we talk about the things we uh, have seen there. It seems like AW has been on the back burner for a little bit because I mean, I know we did the AW show last week, but yeah, you know, between, you know, Thursday, Friday with ring of honor and then all weekend with WWE GCW, it seems like we had, uh, uh, AEW on the back burner a little bit. So, yeah. uh, back to AEW, seeing what they got. And you're, you're damn well certain you're going to have Tony Khan answering WrestleMania with a pretty good show. Yeah. Um, I'm just excited to see what happens with Ring of Honor. I was super impressed. And I'm not going to give too much of my thoughts here about Supercard of Honor. I thought it was a great show. Um, looking forward to doing that weekly with the crew there. Uh, if you guys are looking for some cool things to do, join the Turnbuckle Tavern Discord. A lot going on there. I mean, they're doing watch parties at all hours of the night. We got guys from all over the country that are there. So at any given time, there's people chatting in the live channel. Just it's awesome. Uh, there's something for everybody there. Make sure you check out Turnbuckle Tavern, buy some merch. I'm sure there's gonna be some Honor Society merch soon. Uh buy shirt, buy whatever. Support the channel. It's free for you guys. Great content. Like and subscribe, most of all. Like Nick the Comic Nerd, like Ace Field Retro. Follow, follow us on Instagram, all that good stuff. It goes a really long way, guys. And it's so simple. Just like click the button. Like, you know what I mean? Just click the button. Yep. Yeah. So that's just my two cents. Uh, yep. But all, all is good here, man. Baseball starts on Thursday. I'll continue my stuff with the pitcher list. I'm going to be doing some uh, weekly article spots. Uh, we will be, you know, following baseball. We got fantasy baseball going on. Just recorded a, a power rankings episode that, uh, for the our league, I mean, a lot is a lot of going on. Hopefully, get some warm weather. Got a wedding this weekend. There's a lot going on, man. A lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff in the air. That time uh, of the year, baby. Yeah, and I do appreciate you coming on here, Nick. You're the best man. And um, we'll, we'll be back on Wednesday. We'll have more of a discussion. Yes, I'm, sir. Honestly, dude, we did this pretty neat. Hour thirty for a two, you know, ten hours of wrestling. Yeah, I don't I'll think it. I don't know if that speaks well to WWE or not. I'm not sure.
I thought it was a great show. Overall thoughts, dude. I I felt like it was a great show. I was very happy. I was entertained. I was sports entertained, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My final hot take before we leave, The Rock is not going to be at WrestleMania next year. Wow. I disagree. But we'll get into that eventually. You'll have to wait until our backlash WrestleMania because we don't talk about WWE a lot on this channel. So join us on Wednesday for our Dynamite Recap. Check me out on Turnbuckle Tavern. I'll be on the debate next week as well. Uh, So I'm all over the place. Just find Aceville Retro on Instagram. You follow along. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. I've been Aceville Retro. That's Nick the Comic Dude. And we'll see you guys soon.